Hello, friends. My name is Joe Irwin Bettner, and this is the Eyes on Oklahoma podcast. We appreciate you for joining us, making us a part of your day. And on today's episode, the voice of OU football, the voice of OU men's basketball, and most importantly for this episode, the voice of OU baseball, Toby Rowland, joins the program to discuss what was an unbelievable run by Skip Johnson Sooners coming out of nowhere to get through a regular season gauntlet of Big 12 baseball, win the Big 12 tournament, win the Gainesville Regional, win the Blacksburg Super Regional in three games, get to Omaha, win their first three games, get to the championship series, fall short against a pretty good Ole Miss team that did a lot of the same things as far as peaking at the right time, just getting red hot exactly when you want to. But still, an incredible run for Oklahoma baseball. This was a lot of fun to keep up with, and Toby Rowland was a big part of that as he calls the games from the radio booth, was there every step of the way. And so wanted to catch up with him, learn what it was like watching this team literally just quite, you know, grow up before our eyes, learn how to win, and get to this biggest stage that they haven't been on in quite some time. So really fun conversation. Don't want to waste too much of your time. Just want to remind you all, Eyes in Oklahoma, the podcast, is available on all major podcast platforms. And if you're using that Apple Podcast app, we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review. It helps get the word out about the show. And if you're not already subscribed to the newsletter, we put out free newsletters Monday and Friday. Eyesinoklahoma.com is where you can subscribe. So with that said, here's my conversation with Toby. Rolling. How's it going, Toby? It's going good, Joe. How are you today? Doing good, man. It's been, uh, you've been in my life a lot recently, just keeping up with OU baseball and hearing you on the radio call. I mean, I, it, there are probably no, that. probably no sports that I feel like are consumed. And I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast right now. I feel like most sports are consumed better via radio or at least having that component. And uh, hearing your baseball call uh, for OU through this pretty magical postseason run is, is that a fair, magical postseason run? Absolutely. Yeah, very fair. What was the last few months like for you as I know you're a huge baseball guy. This had to this had to be a dream for you as well. Uh, it, it ranks right up there with it might be the favorite thing I've done since uh, having this job at OU. Um, I do love baseball. I love all sports, but I grew up listening to more baseball than anything. Uh Cincinnati Reds fan and everything going to 89ers games when I was a kid we moved up by Cincinnati when I was in high school I used to listen to Reds games all the time and I I always watched the College World Series every year I've watched the College World Series and you know it's just something in my brain that was magical about it it's uh it's summertime so you're at home and you can watch the whole thing and um you know, the dog piles. And I remember the 1994 team so vividly. I have never been, I've never been to Omaha and I've had a couple of opportunities in the last 10 years in this job to go, but I vowed that I'm not going until I can be on the mic. I'm not going until OU is in it. And so for this to happen has been, it's just glorious, you know, and what a team, what a run to be, you know, middle of the season, kind of just, treading water to catching fire. And, and then the last month of the season, just extraordinary game after extraordinary game. They win the big 12 tournament. They go on the road before that and beat TCU. They go on the road and beat tech. They sweep through the big 12. They go to Gainesville. They have that long rain delay and, and come back afterwards and win. Um, and, and Virginia tech, 
with uh, coming down to a game three. And then, and then not only did they get to Omaha, which is what you always talk about is just get to Omaha, right? Not only did they get there, but they got there and won a couple of games. And, and I'm sure Sooner fans were like, I was kind of looking around going, Hey, now, you know, this, they got a chance to win this thing with the way they're playing right now. So it was uh, quite a thrill. It was really, really fun to see a team come together like that. You know what it reminded me of is the 2000 football team kind of from off the radar, no injuries in 2000. They gelled perfectly and they were greater than the sum of their parts. And I feel like that's what this baseball team was this year. They came out of nowhere, no injuries really to speak of until the college world series with Squires. They definitely just gelled together and and become greater than the, became greater than the sum of their parts. And, It'll be remembered as one of the most magical runs in OU baseball history, I think. To go back just a little bit, 2020, Oklahoma baseball looks looks very much like they're on their way to being national seed. It's obviously you never know if they're actually going to get – I mean, look at Tennessee this season. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. But in a way, this run just really feels – almost like making up for that lost season. And I don't know if just if you're a karmic guy or at all, but just looking back at that 2020 team and, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit, I love Skip Johnson. He's great to deal with. I mean, if, if there's any guy that that's going to happen to, like, I'm glad that he got kind of a redo in a sense. And I, I want to I ask you just looking at the trajectory of this program and looking at kind of how the season started, at what point did you think like, oh, like, we've got something here. Maybe you're not thinking they're going to go to the championship series in the, in the MCWS, but when did you think that this team might be able to make some noise in the postseason? I thought they were pretty good, you know, early in the season. I thought they had good pieces, you know, with Jake Bennett and Peyton Graham. And, um, you know, I thought they were pretty good when they went to Tulsa and beat Oklahoma state on a Tuesday night. And I saw them measured next to OSU I came away from that game saying, not only did OU beat them tonight, Oklahoma's as good as a, of a baseball team as Oklahoma State is. And in recent years, you know, that's a big thing to say because OSU has kicked them around pretty good for the last decade, really. Um, and then they went to Amarillo not long after that, and they played Texas Tech on a on Tuesday night with the wind blowing out about 40 miles an hour, and they beat them, and they didn't just beat them, they outmashed them. They, they hit five, six home runs that night. And I remember driving home from Amarillo going, I think Oklahoma is as good as Texas Tech is, which is, if you've been around OU baseball the last few years, is a pretty big thing to say. So the second half of the season, they started looking like an NCAA tournament team to me. I thought if they can, you know, if they can not mess up against Kansas and Kansas State, pick off one of these Last three series, they're going to have a pretty good resume. I think this team could get back to the tournament. It wasn't until the last weekend of the regular season when they went out to Lubbock. And Texas Tech, if you remember, was coming off a sweep of Oklahoma State and Stillwater. They had moved into the top five in the country. They were in line to be a, a regional, a super regional host, a national seed and had a chance to win the Big 12 outright. Texas Tech had all this at stake. And it was a frenzy. I mean, that place is always a zoo. 
but it was an extra zoo that weekend because they were so excited about their team. And OU went in there and beat them. Two out of three, kind of made them like it. They didn't back down. They weren't bullied. If anything, they were the bully a little bit. I haven't seen that in a long time, if ever, from an OU baseball team to go into a place like Lubbock and push them around and not be not be uh, scared of the moment, intimidated at all. And I remember coming out of that series going, this team's not only are the, is this an NCAA tournament team, but they might be able to go a, a little ways. Like they might be able to win a regional or, or something. Um, I don't think it ever, you know, really sunk in that it could be a college world series team until we got to Virginia tech, you know, Winning in Florida was a pretty major accomplishment to get sent on the road and to beat an SEC team like that. But you got to go face the number four national seed in Virginia Tech. And again, that first game, when you see them next to next with Vod, the next side by side with Vodtech, and you say, they're as good as these guys, you know? So that was kind of when I thought, all right, College World Series. So I, I guess I didn't give you a very good answer there. There were stages to this year where I went from thinking, they're pretty good to this could be a tourney team to this is a team that could win some teams in the tourney to or win some games to this could be a college world series team. And I think that maybe mirrors a little bit, a little bit what sooner fans felt as this year went along, maybe even the team themselves. I was going to say, I think you answered the question pretty well. And I think that kind of looking back over the, the course of the season, this is a conference that I think in a very similar way to men's basketball, I would even throw football in there. It is, it's, there's a lot of parody. There's a lot of good teams. It feels like it's such a cliche, like there's no weekends off when you're playing in big 12 baseball and the way that they kind of navigated that you kind of get new information each and every week. It just, as it changes, you know, they they, you know, continually look like that team, but almost to a sense, and not that I was skeptical of how good OU baseball could be. It just, you're kind of waiting to see, like, is this going to fall apart? But yeah, it just never kind of did. And you get into Omaha. Actually, I do, I do want to ask you a little bit about Florida. You had the long delay in Florida, didn't you? Yeah, five and a half hour rain delay. Yeah. I, it, th- when those things kind of happen, I'm, I, I'm always just kind of the person who's just like, this feels like this is going to change the trajectory of this. Uh, and you know, it obviously went Oklahoma's favor. They, they get through that delay sometimes just like when there's big weather things, it kind of changes, but just as you saw this team and kind of what I'm getting at mostly is just when you saw this team go through adversity, you just being as close as you were, the access that you had, how did they respond throughout the course of the season? Because like I said, you know, big 12, not an easy conference by any means, one of the better baseball conferences in, in the country. What, what was OU's demeanor like throughout the season as they kind of battle through those highs and lows? Completely unchanged, completely unbothered uh, by their atmosphere, their opponent, whether they won or lost. And, you know, they played in some big atmospheres this year. They, they, that game in Tulsa had 7,000-plus fans. Every game in Stillwater had over 7,000 fans. The game in Amarillo had over 7,000 fans. Every game in Arlington against Texas, I think there was twenty to 25,000 for the tournament total or for the weekend total. Fort Worth, big crowds. Lubbock, big crowds. And all of those on the road, they didn't seem to care at all. 
even when they went to Gainesville and, and Virginia Tech and at the College World Series. They didn't seem rattled, phased. You would see them before a game or after a game, you know, in the team meeting room. And you wouldn't know if they had just played Virginia Tech in the Super Regional or if they had just played ORU on a Tuesday night. They just, they joked around. They seemed the same. Nobody ever looked nervous. Until that first championship game. And I think they got rattled. First time I've seen them rattled all year in the first uh, Ole Miss championship game. Um, And I'll be honest, like the, the crowds all week leading up to that had been great. Like there, there were a lot of OU fans there. I would say equal OU Notre Dame. Maybe there was a few more A&M than OU, but the OU fans were very loud. It was nothing remarkable all week about the matchups that Oklahoma was in from a fan perspective. Then they win and they're going to the championship series and all of a sudden there's a flood of reaction on Twitter and social media and everything. Hey, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Everybody, who all's coming? And I'm getting excited. I think the team's getting excited that, hey, this thing is about to, like we're going to have uh, a, a, a ton of OU fans here. And then they go through the hotel lobby to go to the stadium and the Hilton and downtown Omaha is packed. OU fans, there's the band, there's Mr. OU. They're, they're swinging from the rafters to send the team off and they're high-fiving everybody. I, we've never seen anything like that. You know how this goes. They play in front of some home crowds that are less than 200 people. And so now they're excited and they get to the stadium And that first pitch happens and the place starts to fill up. You don't even really realize it when the place is filling up because they both share a red color. And the first pitch starts to take place and there's the first roar of the game. And I remember going, holy cow, like, I think there's 20,000 Ole Miss fans. Where did all the OU fans go? And they were there. I mean, it was a, there was probably four or 5,000 OU fans there, but it was 20,000 plus Ole Miss fans. And I thought there'd be more Ole Miss. I didn't expect that. And I don't think the team did either. And I think they were a little unnerved by it for the first couple of innings when they fell behind in game one, you know, Peyton's throwing the ball away. Jackson Nicholas spiked a throw to first base. Jake Bennett had three wild pitches all year. He had three wild pitches in the first two innings. It's the first time all season that I had watched them in any atmosphere, including Omaha and said, they look a little nervous to me right now now I think they got over it you know they played well the second half of that game and I thought the whole second half uh, game two was a fantastic baseball game but back to your question I think they reflected the personality of their head coach Skip Johnson is the same yesterday today and tomorrow man I mean he wakes up happy as a lark doesn't I mean he wants to win he's a fierce competitor but if he doesn't he's going to wake up tomorrow happy as a lark you know and I think over time they kind of took on that personality and so that I don't know what part of their success formula that was but it was somewhere in there I was about to ask if you thought that 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 demeanor maybe starts with Skip Johnson because he's one of the few coaches that sometimes when you're covering a team and not to say like a losing team but when a team loses 
you're not really looking forward to talking to the head coach and skip Johnson to me, at least is not one of those coaches. He, he takes it in stride. He, he takes the, you know, the adversity in stride, but also just, you don't see him get too excited. Even when, when they have gone on a, the run that they did, despite, I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head, but I just kind of, you, you bringing up Ole Miss, um, Oklahoma. I think we all, uh, are kind of thinking the same thing this season, you know, in a few years, this is going to be uh, an sec baseball team and pretty good impression to, you know, that first year after the announcement to, to go to the championship series, as you look at the trajectory of this, of this baseball program, is it, does it feel like the future is fairly bright? Is this, is, is this a one-off run or do you think that skip really has something here and can keep it rolling? I mean, I, I firmly believe the latter and, um, I think this has an opportunity to be a year that is a real springboard for this program. Now, so this is a proud tradition, rich program. Um, we were in Omaha with four sec teams, uh, Texas, A&M, uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Auburn. Three of those four are big time programs. None of them had ever won a national championship before. And Oklahoma's won two. And this is 11 College World Series now. I mean, this is a big-time, tradition-laden college baseball program. And for a decade, they've kind of, you know, meandered. The, the first two, my first two years on the job, 20, the 2012 and 2013 baseball seasons, those were super regional teams. They almost got to Omaha with Jonathan Gray and Dylan Overton, Matt Oberstee. Those are Max White. Those are some really good teams. But since then, um, just getting to the tournament has been a chore. And so this felt like a year in which it feels like uh, a moment for this program in which it could be a real trampoline for them. I think, you know, I hope you'll see the recruiting ramp up. I think the transfer portal interest is ramped up. Everybody wants, everybody who's a pitcher wants to work with Skip Johnson. When you see the, the guys he's turning out, the Cade Cavallis and the Levi Praters and the Cade Hortons and the Jake Bennett's and on and on and on. Um, so uh, I, and I think that probably because of this, we've already seen some money come in to try to help uh, that stadium get refurbished to an SEC caliber stadium where it needs to be. So all of that together, the fan interest is reignited. So money is flowing in to try to get the stadium going. Uh, recruiting picks up, transfer portal interest picks up. The general attitude, the swagger of the program is back. And now whenever they you know go into next season and whenever they go into the SEC, it's not just, hey, we're getting Texas and oh, by the way, we're getting Oklahoma too. Oklahoma goes in there saying, we played for the national championship two years ago. We're no slouch here. Um, we're, we're to be reckoned with. And so I think all those are great things, great things for this program. Looking forward to seeing where it goes because, I mean, it has been kind of uh, a unique in a sense that Oklahoma, and this is a, this is the spoils of following Oklahoma athletics as a whole is there's not really too many teams that, and we've kind of seen it a lot this year with the baseball team, women's tennis, but there's a lot of established programs and to kind of see the rebirth of one, especially one that you mentioned has won two national titles as a, you know, a long, you know, tradition, rich legacy. 
it's been really fun to watch. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned this has been, you know, the, the, the going through the, the MCWS has been, you know, one of the best parts of your career. You've covered a final four you've covered in men's basketball. You you've, you've done college football playoff for, for Oklahoma football. I, what's, what's next on the bucket list? We got to win one of these. Uh, that's that's fair. what's next for me. <laughs> that, that's <Yeah>. fair. <laughs> four, four college football playoff games, final four and a college world series. So I got to get some of that Chris Plank magic to rub off on me a little bit. And we got to win one of these. That's, you know, um, there are some arenas out there and some places that would be cool to call games, but nobody's, be- nobody's had it better for than us at being on the big stage. You know, uh, OU consistently, it seems like in every sport is on the big stage. And uh, I would love to be on the mic when we finish one of these off. Um, So that's it. I mean, Omaha was a big deal. It was always kind of the thing now for 11 years that I've said, yeah, but I've never been to Omaha. We've been to the Rose Bowl. We've been to the Orange Bowl. We've been to the Final Four. Yeah, but I've never been to Omaha. And I've been to Omaha now. And I got to be there for a week and a half, almost two weeks. And it was awesome. And I can't wait to go back. But uh, next on the bucket list is we got to win one of these. I think uh, plenty of OU fans will hope that that wish comes true for you, Toby. So I, uh, I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, this was, this was a lot of fun. I love getting into the kind of the experience of, especially the, I did this with Chris Plank uh, a few weeks ago with the uh, OU softball. And it's fun getting to hear you because I mean, you, you're there, you're, you're there in the moment you get to be with the team, you know, pretty much nonstop. And it's, it's really fun to follow. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for, uh, listening thanks for having me on but thanks for listening to the broadcast and um i mean there's nothing that is more thrilling in this job than to look out on the crowd or sometimes peek over in the uh, writer's room and see some people with their headphones in and you know that uh people are really paying attention out there and so it's been a great ride i know there was a whole lot of sooner nation that got plugged in for for baseball the last month or so and i'm really looking forward to seeing next year what that turns into i hope we get some bigger crowds and uh some some real reignited fervor for oklahoma baseball because of this thanks joe appreciate it man thank you toby